Welcome to the Life and Ball Podcast. We give your game life 1248 on a Friday. Looking forward to this show. Uh, I, I did all these videos today, and I'm like, what am I going to post? And, you know, is this too aggressive? Or, you know, it's like that tweet or that or that message you want to send to somebody, and then you erase, you erase, because you're like, oh, I don't know if I should say that. I might come off mean. We're, we're in a society today where... We need realness. We need upfront and realness, like right in front of our face. Um, I'm a big hip hop fan. Last night I watched Jeezy, you know, versus Gucci on the on the versus. I'm a big hip hop head. You know, I've been a Jeezy fan for a long time ever since I was a junior in college in '05 when he was became huge. What was motivating for me last night to see these guys go at each other, uh, you know, musically, you know, and it, it got a little ugly there, and I was a little nervous for a minute. But the realness and then how they ended the show, um, you know, was, was really powerful for me. What it did for me was in my world, which is basketball, it, we have to be upfront and real with people, you know. And, and, you know, just watching that last night, that was just the thing that came through my mind. Like, you know, the upfront, the realness, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm, this is my classic stuff. You know, like, you know, hey, pushing your brand, pushing how great you are. But at the same time, it's real. Like, these are two artists that have been around for a long time. They've done a lot of things. I know that's different than sports, but it's really not. You know, these are two people who have been in the game for a minute. And, and you know, you got to honor and respect that a little bit. You don't have to like what they say or like what they do. You know, which I don't, you know, I don't condone some of the things I hear, but I respect the grind and the hustle and I respect, you know, being an artist and, you know, being a basketball player like I was, you know, I had to really do a lot of different things to stand out. I had to meet a lot of people. I had to do a lot of different things and, and it helped me. So I, I think that's why, you know, I love stuff like that. You know, I don't like the ugliness to it, but I really enjoy the competition and the coming together and, and real recognizes real always. When I say that, this is what we need to get to in, in the basketball world. We, we got a lot of really good people that like to fight each other. And the good people need to stick together. And we need to band together and find a way to not allow phonies and people that have no clue uh, what they're doing to get our kids. You know, I, I post this all the time, guys, about the foreign player. About the foreign player will come over here. And most of the time, if not all the time, those people... And this is more on the boys and men's side. These people that are being trained over there are getting trained by the best that are there. They're playing with pros at a young age. The coach that they have is the best guy they can get. In America, we got a lot of guys that have no business coaching basketball working with our talented players. The system is broken. Right now, what we should have is, look, there's levels to everything. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to detract small college players or players that are good at basketball, just not great, and, and taking them away from their dreams. Look, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, a sleeper player. Some people would consider me very, very good. Some people would say, oh, he's oh, just okay. I was in the middle. You know, I had to fight to get myself at the highest level. I had to fight to play D1. I recruited myself, and I found out the hard way. I was not ready because of some of the programs I played for. And that's why I'm having this conversation today with you guys. The, the point of the conversation today is you better know what is good and what is not. You better know what's great and what is not. The simple thing to do is, is the obvious thing. You, you sign up your kids for a program. You see the director, the coaches, and you say to yourself, what were their experiences as players? 
or as coaches? Where did they start? Where was their path? If you are playing for a coach or a director that never played college basketball, whew, you better hope that they have great connections. You better hope that they are actually just a phenomenal coach. Or you better just hope your kid's so good it doesn't matter. And that's not very typical for where your kid's just so good that you know it, it uh, laps over the poor connections and the poor coaching or the poor experiences that, you've, that these people have. You know, I've worked with players that play for a program that it's a good team. It's, it's like this team can beat high-level teams. And they send a lot of their kids to D2, NAI, D3, which is great. I, I think that there's a place for everybody. I always say the statement, get in where you fit in. You know, it's something I fought my whole high school career. Where can I get in to fit in? I should have went JUCO. I say it all the time. I should have went JUCO for two more years of development. I would have been a D1 kid easily. It would have changed my career. I made poor choices. But this is me saying, don't do what I did. I knew the only way I'd get any attention was if I played for a high-level AAU program in Michigan. I played for the Michigan Mustangs. Al Horford was my teammate. Tom Izzo was at a lot of our games. Um, you know, I seen Roy Williams at a lot of our games when I played in Vegas for the uh, big time uh, tournament. And, and you know, I seen a lot of really high level college coaches were watching me because of that experience. I think a lot of lower level colleges were already like, "We got to have him. He's our guy. He's everything for us." And then the, in the mid major D ones were like, "He's good enough, but I don't know if he's good enough." It was like a question. So, but I had the opportunity at least just because of who I played for. Like, if I never would have played for them. It, nothing would have happened. I would have for sure been college, uh, college player at the small level. It wouldn't even been in question. You know, in my high school games, you know, I never had D one coaches at my high school games. No one knew where my high school was, let alone cared where it was. I had all sorts of small colleges, and then when I sent my film out to bigger schools, they really liked it, but they just didn't think it was good enough basketball for them. If you're not playing with a known program that is playing all the right tournaments. And the team has been known to have a lot of high-level players. You really, really better figure out what you're doing, especially if your kid's elite. You know, I got I see elite kids playing for low-level programs, and it's like maybe the parents are friends with the director. I don't know. It, it blows my mind. Like, there's no reason if your kid's a high-level player to play for a low-level program. There, there, this happens a lot more than you think. And because there's a lot of really good players that just never get the opportunity because of where they play. I mean, that's the name of the game today, guys. This is where we are. If you're not playing prep school on the boys' end at a really good program, it's going to be really hard for you to play at a high-level college. Can you still play D1 if you play for just an okay AAU program? Maybe. You have to be unbelievably good. Some of these players are just kind of solid, and they play for a great program, and they get a chance. They get a shot. And they're prepared, and once they get to the next level, they are ready because they've seen it all. You know, and these are facts that if somebody don't like these facts, it's because they're just a little sensitive to the fact that they didn't live the real basketball life. You know, I lived the real basketball life. When I got to Western Michigan as a freshman, we were good. My first game was against USC. I wasn't ready to play against that. And we blew USC out. We had guys on that team, I think nine of those guys, played some level of pro basketball. Um, a few guys were getting looked at by the NBA. Uh, we had a great coach. My coach at Western Michigan, Steve Hawkins, didn't play college ball, but this dude was a great coach, a great motivator. 
I had no clue how to play basketball when I got at Western Michigan. I had no idea. I thought I was ready for high-level basketball. I was not. Not even close. I mean, the one year of high-level AAU just wasn't enough. You know, I played basketball against every good player in the state of Michigan and other states when I was coming up, whether it was with my high school team, um, even the small time at AAU, I played against every great player. I went to Louisville basketball camp, played against Rajon Rondo. Um, you know, I thought I could compete against those guys, and actually I did, but nobody knew who I was, and that's because of the path that I took. Don't wait till it's too late. If your kid is good enough, and you really feel that way, and you're like, you know, I'm being honest, I've seen him play, or I've seen her play against really good players, and he or she just does really well against him. You better be looking like crazy for the program that will get your kids ready. And in America, we like to fight each other. No, 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 come to my program. My program's the best. Why is your program the best when you've not sent barely any kids D1, you have no pro players in your program ever, just don't say you're elite. Don't say you're great. You know, why lie to people? I coached a little bit of AAU ball. I don't like AAU basketball. It's just not my thing. I like the skill portion of basketball. It's just who I am. That's where I fit in. You give me a great player, I'll make him greater. You give me a good player, I may make him great. That's who I am. I don't like to coach as much as train. It's just not me. I'm definitely not going to lie to everybody and say I'm a great coach. I'm not a great coach. I'm a very good basketball coach. I feel like I'm a great skills coach. That's just being real. That's being reality. I'm a player Skills coach. I'm not a head coach, team coach. It's not me. I can outcoach some of these bums, no, no doubt, all day of the week. But it's just not what I want, and it's not where I fit in in this world of basketball. You know, I, I think we have to be real. If you got small college players, look, I, I know some women and men that run uh, lower level programs that send a lot of kids to college at the low levels of college. That's great. I can, I can commend them and say, look, that's powerful. You have a place. You know, there's the 1% of players and there's the 99. A lot of these coaches are in the 99 percentile. They, they get kids that, you know, that they could possibly get them to a small level of college. That's great. We need more of that. I, I agree with that. But don't say you're elite. Just throw that away. How many teams are going to be premier or elite? I mean, really? Those words fool the parents. They fool them. How can you say you're elite or premier or excellent or stars when you don't even have five-star players? I mean, just don't lie. You know, I mean, that's just what it is. My final advice for you as parents, like I care about the parents a lot. The parents are the foundation of my players. The parents need to hear things like this. They need to hear cold, hard facts. The program you play for, did the coach play college ball? Oh, they did. What were their experiences? Were they good players? Can they teach my kid how to be skilled and play? Can they play? Okay, they can. Great. You, you, you're fast-tracking them. Okay, they didn't have that experience. Well, what's their connections? Are, are they a very good coach? They're, they're a good game coach. They just out-coach other coaches. They've studied it. They've done a lot of stuff on their own to improve themselves as coaches. They weren't great players, that, but they became phenomenal coaches. Steve Tucker, one of my pro coaches, man, I love this guy. We did not get along, but I'll tell you what, I don't know if he played college ball. I don't think he did. Maybe he did. This dude could out-coach a lot of former players, no question, without a doubt. 
But at the AAU level, when you're in grassroots, boy, it's hard to find that type of person. You know, it's hard to find a person like that, a Coach T that, boy, he's good. So, you know, ask yourself that. Am I involved with real, real basketball? Am I? If I'm not, whew, I better find a way to start changing some things. I better find ways to change things. Hey, I hope you guys like some of this advice. Look, tune in. Life and Ball Podcast. We're going to talk some skills coaching later on today. I got another lesson coming up. Can't wait. I uh, love you all. Stay blessed. Stay healthy. And, uh, you know, this is a tough time. COVID 19 has been crushing us, but let's just keep the fight. Let's stay positive and uh, never give up. Thanks for tuning in.